Episode two, Nick. How exciting! I know. Actually, episode two. We did Molly Doker, and now we're here drinking uh, Islander Estate Sauvignon Blanc. And it's incredibly good. It's really good, isn't it? It's really rather tasty. We've um, we've kind of jumped ahead of everybody. For those that have been listening at home to episode one, we started on this before we started recording, and it's actually delicious. Um, That's going to be the way it's going to be. We're just, we're just going to open the wine and just just start drinking. Have a bit. Have a bit before. Our guest and enters the room and just have some. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think that's good preparation. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's mise en place, really, isn't it? You if know? that, whatever that means, yes. It means preparation prior to service. Is that what it means? Oh, it means all in place, actually. Oh, so not, not mise en place. Mise, mise en place. place. You mise said place. mise en place. Mise en place, mise en place. Oh, yeah, bless all you. in place. Yeah, that's I know. your French accent. Mm. It's it's my colonial French uh-huh. accent, you know? Yeah, from... <clears throat> Terrible, in other words. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Move rubbish. on. Rubbish. Moving on. Um, Islander Estate. Kangaroo Island. Have you ever been to Kangaroo Island? Nick? I have been to Kangaroo Island. Yeah. I think I went there, was it last year? With a few people, and um, it was... A beautiful place. It's lovely, isn't it? It's wonderful. I yeah. mean, there's so much to see and do. It's It feels really unspoilt, to be honest. And I think a lot of Australia kind of feels that way, but Kangaroo Island more so than anywhere else. It's kind of like where the, uh, where the unspoilt's been turned up, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah. To 11. To 11. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is Did you know, fun, fun fact, that the, um, the businesses on the island actually have to pay per kilo for all of their waste to leave the island. As a result... On Kangaroo Island, they are absolutely at the forefront of waste minimisation and have been for many, many, many years. I didn't know that. You've told me something I didn't know. I, I, I did some research. What? Yeah, I know. I actually did some homework. Were we were supposed to do homework? No, well, you showed up with all of these. Mate, notes I've got loads look, of notes in front of me. Looking so prepared, and here I've I got was. A binder in front of I, me. I had to remember to bring a bag. Yes. You know, Did you remember the bag? Yeah, but there's nothing in it. Brilliant. No, there was a laptop that I gave to the girls, but other than that, n- rubbish. Rubbish. Nothing. Anyway, back to the wine. Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. 2017 vintage, no sulfites, which means it's drinkable now rather than cellaring. It's very drinkable now. It's so drinkable, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's really good. We were talking about it before. It's um, your tasting sweet. Um, I am tasting sweet. You're tasting sweet on it. I'm tasting. I'm tasting that too, but I'm tasting balance. I, okay. I reckon it's. Like, I'm not saying it's not balanced. I'm yeah. just. I am tasting sweet. Mm. But I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's tropical fruit driven like a lot of. No, the, it's not. No, it doesn't, not to me anyway. No, it tastes. I just tastes like bloody good Sauvignon Blanc. It's really nice. It's but really well, you good. say that you say Sauvignon Blanc. I'm, it, to me, I, I wouldn't necessarily know this is Sauvignon Blanc. From from drink just drinking it, not knowing what it was. Well, it, it varies a lot. That could be from, just be my palate. I'm not sure. Look, but. we'll uh, we'll ask Kate later, mm-hmm. um, who's coming along to have a talk to us about it. But um, I think you're right. It doesn't actually display the hallmarks of what you would normally expect from, like your New Zealand yeah. or even your um your your Hunter Valley Sauvignon Blancs or mm. anything like that. It's, it's definitely got a an identity of its own. It really does. Mm. But what do you reckon? Um, what do you reckon you'd eat with it? Because I reckon... I find this quite difficult. I find this quite difficult because of the sweetness. Yeah, okay. I'm would not sure. Would you go, uh, like, for instance, would you go Thai food? 
where you've got that lovely refreshing and like lime and galangal and coriander driven sort of thing or that might work would you go japanese with ginger and miso and i mean japanese japanese means so many different things but uh, yeah i think you'd have to be careful what japanese you had it with you would i I think this would be beautiful with tempura vegetables with that lovely dipping sauce that they make when it's spectacular um again i i think it just a dozen natural oysters would be spectacular you think it's got enough kind of acidity for oysters? Well, I do, because I think that oysters with their creaminess and mm. the, that sort of tasting of the ocean, that little salty, creamy, briny sort of thing they've got going on, would actually carry through this because it's not its not an oak-laden Sauvignon. No, no, there's not, not, there's yeah, no not wood to it at all. Mm. Um, I'm not even sure if they've actually put it in oak, but no, uh, we'll no, have to no, ask Kate, sure. Kate afterwards. But um, to me, that actually works really, really well with something like oysters because mm. it's not competing it's contrasting and complementing yeah so i mean sense. oysters can be i mean there's quite an overpowering flavor to them you need something that's going to be able to stand up to them i think this could stand up to them you reckon it could stand up yeah yeah um what do you what do you what do you think uh i don't know whether it would actually be able to bridge the gap into pork or antipasto like your cured meats and that sort of thing could you could you see yourself on a sunday afternoon with a bottle of this and some salami and prosciutto and some burrata um. and those sorts of things, or would know. you would you maybe go down maybe the? Not sure about that one. Maybe go down the duck riette sort of vibe. Duck riette might work really well. I'm thinking that maybe some duck riette and some brie on a beautifully fresh baked baguette and a yeah. bottle of this that would, would be, nice. be a bit of. A I work. think. Look, to be fair, I think this wine could go with a lot of things, and maybe the maybe talking about the kind of cold meats and that kind of the. No, that kind of thing would be really good. Look, I, I can't remember who it was that told me, but I, I I heard something the other day that they said that if you want to know what goes with wine, listen to the sound of the varietal and the country it came from. Right. And that is a really, really good indication of the style of food that would go with it. Okay. Sauvignon Blanc is French by a name, French by nature. French cuisine, you would like the, the 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 whiter end of French cuisine, the whiter and lighter end of French cuisine. So not your lard, cream, and butter French, but no. your light and airy sort of style of things would actually go quite well. Maybe mm. it's definitely not the, the heavier end of French cooking. No, 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 absolutely not. I also think that it's one of those ones that would actually really stand alone quite well. I like, think you can just sit in the garden. You sit in the garden and drink it on its own. I don't think you necessarily have to. Eat anything with <laughs> you can just you can think you can about just, food and be yeah, happy. You know what? I'm a bit hungry, but you know what? I'm sitting in the garden, sitting in the garden and I'm drinking, drinking this wine, so you know what? I'm just going to drink yeah. it. Yeah, I don't need to eat enough. anything. I'll mm. just eat something a bit later on. That's it. I don't need anything. No, no. This is too good. It really is. And nice, it's really very it? nice. But it's I'm really, nice. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Kate to see what yes. she's got to say about it. Um, and uh, she's I've, the one with the actual knowledge. Yeah. Well, we don't have knowledge. We just have. Well, no, yeah, no. that's silence. What's the opposite of knowledge? <laughs> the op- <laughs> Stupidity. That's what we have. Yeah. That just, that, the opposite that of That vacant knowledge. silence that we just left. <laughs> that's pretty much is it. what we've got. Lots exactly. of. Thank you, for, thank you for bearing with us, listeners, and I really do hope <laughs> But that, that, see, look, this is why we're bringing in the people who make the wine. Well, that's it. We, we are not wine. experts. We yeah, are not experts. Not. We're enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, Which is, I'm assuming, what a lot of you guys are. So. Yeah, that's it. That's what we hope our listeners are, are enthusiasts that want to learn a little bit more about wine, because that's why we're bringing the experts in. Well, that's it. Yeah.
Well, and on that note, I do believe that Kate has just about arrived at the studio, so we should get her settled and get her half drunk. Let's do that. Um, and then put a microphone in front of her. What do you think? Let's see how that works. That sounds like a great idea awesome. to me. Let's Excellent. do it. Cool. We're here with Kate Giles, who is the all-over wine consultant to the stars, really. Wine guru. Wine guru, wine aficionado. Wine legend. The one That's how she introduced herself. The one-stop up. shop of wine. If there I is... really did. Yeah, that's she really all did. I did. Yep, that's fantastic. Now, we're here with you wearing the hat of the uh, representative for Islander Estate. Um, how would you how would you describe that would be the best yeah. way to describe what I do so sure. I run around the restaurants and the bottle shops and I tell them why they need the most amazing Islander estate wines from Kangaroo Island mm-hmm. wow. now we're trying the so far so good Sauvignon Blanc 2019 tonight um, what can you tell us about that other than it's delicious because it is <laughs> so the so far so good range is just two wines there's a Shiraz and a Sauvignon Blanc and they're both made without sulfites. So, sulfites are a bit of a contentious issue in the wine industry. Mm -hmm. You often get people saying they won't drink wine with sulfites because it gives them a hangover. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's not entirely on the up and up. There is about 1% of the population who might get a reaction to sulfites. Okay. Everyone else... Possibly drank a bit too much and they've got a hangover. Oh, okay. Well, I've not heard of those. <laughs> what, what are hangovers, Kate? <laughs> no clue. Never heard of them. Uh, also, maybe a reaction to the tannins in the wine or the uh, histamines, because there are naturally occurring histamines mm. in wines mm. as well. Yeah. So if you take antihistamines for some things, it means that you may occasionally react to wine a little bit more than other people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Now, Kangaroo Island is a wine region. It's not um, It's not one – It's. it's had – Several incarnations over the years that the wine industry has really hit its straps. But, um, it's Islander kind of, kind of estate, new on the scene, isn't it? As, well, as a, it is, relatively. It isn't. Um, I, it isn't, but Islander Estate is. So can you tell us a little bit of the history about, um, about Islander Estate and how they got to making wine over there? Sure can. So Kangaroo Island is actually one of the newest wine regions in the country. So it's one of the two newest. Mm-hmm. And technically we're going with 89 as being the beginning of the wine industry okay. on Kangaroo Island. Uh, Jacques Le Ton is not a native islander. He is, as you might have guessed, a native Frenchman. Uh, The Le Ton family has vineyards all around the world. They're extremely well respected and renowned for what they do, and they produce all kinds of different varieties in different regions across the globe. When Jacques came to Australia, he worked in a number of different wine regions before he started looking around and working out where he wanted to plant vines. He went to every wine region in the country, Mm And he ended up on Kangaroo Island, decided it was the only place in Australia that he thought was the place he could grow vines and make the wine that he wanted to make. So what set KI apart? For a start, it's the purest natural agricultural environment in the world. Okay, yep. You don't have factories down the road. Yep. You don't have pollution. Mm-hmm. It is clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, it's also a native maritime climate because it's an yep. island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It has a large diurnal fluctuation, so it means that the difference between the temperature at night and the temperature during the day is actually quite large. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it does move around a fair bit, but does it actually it does help grapes because okay. it gives them a natural flow in their ripening process. If you're hot at night and hot during the day, it doesn't get to calm down at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So and does good that mean that fruit ripens faster? Fruit ripens more steadily. Oh, okay. And more uh, evenly, yep. probably. So the actual uh, harvest period for Kangaroo Island mm-hmm. is generally a little bit later than everyone else because okay. it is cooler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get as hot, but it doesn't get as cold as well. People think because it's off the south coast of South Australia that it's going to get really, really cold. It's cool. Yeah. It's not icy. No. no. I was there last year, year before, and it got up to 36 degrees. So that's mm-hmm. not... Cold. No, New. it's not. Especially not if you're from England. No. No. It's, it's warm. No. But um, now, how long has he been making these wines in particular? So these these two wines yeah. are so far so good. This is only the second vintage that we've got sitting in front okay. of us on the table. Right. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm now gonna, I'm going to drink some more. What, what, <laughs> what was the feedback on vintage number one? Uh, feedback on vintage number one was a little bit different. So mm-hmm. the Sauvignon Blanc in particular had been left on skins for a little bit of time. It developed a bit of colour. It was super, super textured. Mm-hmm. It was a wine industry and a wine snob's wine. It okay. wasn't an everyday, we just want a glass of Sauvignon Blanc person. It wine. wasn't a Quaffer's table wine. No. No, okay. So we've pulled it back. They've pulled it back a little bit mm-hmm. and brought it back to being more... Not so much conventional in style, but allowing the wine to show itself. So the fruit wasn't left on skins. It wasn't left to develop too Mm -hmm. long. It still has some texture and some brightness going on, Mm -hmm. but it's not super grassy or super tropical like a lot of Sauvignon Blanc is. It seems very balanced. Yeah. Yeah. It's very expressive of Kangaroo Island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it has that slow ripening flavour. So you've got some gorgeous flavour in there without going into that grassy, sweet, tropical end of things. That's no Sauvignon. lychees, no honeydew, and None no pollen sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So the <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc is actually, it's a little bit, I kind of grow, described it as a grown-up style of Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Yep. If you think about uh, French styles of Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. this is more in that style. Yeah. So it's got texture but it's not overly built on texture. It's, it's still it's bright. Also, it's very different to, the, the, for example, the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. That, that is, I know in the UK is very, very popular, popular here, mm. I guess, mm. as well. But how, how, did, how would you say it differs from that kind of style? Generally, that style tends to be picked a little bit riper. Yep. So it's just a little bit more intense on the, um, on the palate, whereas this one is quite textured and layered. Picked a little bit earlier and allowing the fruit to develop without doing too much to it. Okay. So it's a so pretty minimum basic, intervention minimal wine. intervention, yep. not doing too much to it, just allowing the fruit flavours to mm-hmm. show through, mm-hmm. which, to be honest, is how Sauvignon Blanc shows itself best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a bright, lovely, uh, everyday food wine. So in Australia, I'd say take a bottle of this to Yum Char and you will be super happy. Really? Yep. Yeah, it, go, it goes across a fairly broad range of flavours as yeah. far as what it would actually work with. Absolutely. Yeah, for my palate, it it, it, lean, it lends itself to ginger and those sort of refreshing flavours, yeah. um, probably even Thai or the larbs with the lime and those sorts of fla- those, those sorts of things. Oh, well, so you know you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> that actually really, that, that sounds like that would really work. Yeah, that or the other thing, I could lose a dozen oysters and half a bottle of this easily. <laughs> I made some chilli salt popcorn on the weekend. It would go really well with a bottle of this. It would not stand a chance. (laughs) (laughs) So now, a a little bit more about um, about the winery themselves. Um, So Far So Good isn't the only wine that they produce, is it? No. So Islander Estate Wines has been making wines since 
Late 90s, early noughties, uh, which is where I first met them in Sydney when I was mm-hmm. working there. Mm-hmm. And I started selling some wines for them there, which okay. was great fun. Yep, great. Uh, it was the only kangaroo island wines had ever been seen in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And it was a great chance to show off. Yep. And Jacques is great to take into the trade and introduce to people. He's representative here, who is the chief winemaker and the general manager of Islander Estate Wines, mm-hmm. who is here 24-7, uh, is an American chap by the name of Yale. And he is... So very detail oriented. Mm. And this comes back partly to what we're trying to do here with being sulfur free. If you're going to be sulfur free, you need to be the cleanest winery in the world. Yeah. You cannot let anything else in there. Mm. The point of sulfur mm. in wine is to keep things clean. Yeah. If you're not going to have sulfur in wine, you need to make sure that there is nothing getting anywhere near mm-hmm. your fruit, your juice, that could do any damage to So this them. is like the bubble boy of wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's a bubble boy? Yeah, the boy that has to live in the bubble. Oh, so yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was an Australian thing. No, 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 no. Actually, Bubble Boy. <laughs> yeah. John Travolta in that film. Oh, was it? Was it John Travolta? Oh, I don't know. No, maybe not. Oh, I've, now, now that's that's, that's a film I've invented. Mm, I think. It's possibly. Which might work now. Yeah, maybe. true. He's not done true. anything for a while. He hasn't, has he? What, no. what has he done, really? Poor son. He's rubbish. Bought a wig? He's rubbish. Sorry? He's, he's bought a wig? Bought a wig. Has he bought a wig? Has he? He's not, do you, do you not fooling that, anyone. Do you reckon that's a wig? Yeah, he's yeah that's fooling. definitely he's a wig. He's not fooling anyone. No, he's not. <laughs> not even when he puts Nick Cave's Nick Cage's face on. Yeah. Or Nick Cave. Or Nick Cave's. Oh, which is that film? I haven't seen that film. That's, another, <laughs> that's a new one. Well. That, that could be the sequel. It'd have a good yeah. soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> it would. It might not fit with the film itself. Yeah. But no. that, anyway, no. I was gonna I was gonna ask. So the, this winery, the Islander Estate, makes a really good split of red, reds and whites. Yep. You've kind of kind of gone into this a little bit, but not all wine producing areas can do that. Why do you think that that these guys can? Uh, The region itself is quite concentrated towards reds as a whole, Mm -hmm. partly because if you're developing a new region, reds are an easier sell because more people drink red than drink white necessarily to go to a winery and buy them all the time. People tend to buy reds. With With your wine industry expert hat on, what do you reckon the sales split would be between red and white just as a fit, as a two style? Depends on where you are. If you're in the Barossa or McLaren or Clare, then yeah. reds are going to be sitting around 70 to 85%. Okay. If you're in the Adelaide Hills, mm-hmm. that number's almost going to swap. It's going to be at least 65% whites. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, say whites, sparkling. But as far as actual what the market actually buys, yep. um, overall, like Australian wine consumption, mm-hmm. what, what would be the stats on red versus white? Reds are fractionally above whites. Okay. So it's about, what, 51, 49, that sort of thing? It's about uh, 55, 45, I think, from the okay. last time I had a look at it. Don't yep. quote me because I haven't looked at the numbers in a while. Yeah. But that takes into account a lot of the bulk end, which is provided at the entry level of the market. So right. Okay. So your cask Aldi, wines. And Dan's, yep. cask wine, yep. uh, BWS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first choice, and so first on. Choice. And cooking wine as cooking well. Cooking wine, like yeah. in, and industrially, ports. we go through is that we, such a thing. Yeah, there is. You buy wine that, like, you could put it in a bottle and sell it, um, but you're probably actually going to make more from it selling it in twenty liter casks wow. to restaurants than you are selling it in a bottle because of what you're going to the costs involved yeah. in bottling it, and then the return you're going to not get on it. I didn't know that was um, a thing. And in cask wine, you can keep it for longer in a kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, learning I, a lot. I, I do use cask wine um, in my cooking, but not a lot. I do. I'm lucky because we pour by the glass as well. So generally, if it's just about to, or it's been open for a couple of days, irrespective of whether it's amazing still or not, it ends up in the kitchen for okay. us to cook with. 
But okay. um, it's a great way to make sure that the good wine still ends up in the food. Mm. Mm. Well, I see. Okay. So, Kate, I'll ask you. Some people say when they're cooking with wine that they should cook with wine that you'd want to drink. Other people say you don't need to do that. What do you think? I think that you don't need to do that, but it's more fun because then you can have a glass of it while you're pouring it into what you're cooking. Yeah, there, mm. there's that. That's always a thing. Yeah. yeah. I quite yeah. like that. And I like the idea of using quality produce, and I think that's where that saying is getting to. It's not necessarily you have to buy your $900 bottle of Grange and use some of that in your cooking and drink some of it at the same time. It's more like better quality produce means that it's coming from a better quality area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're supporting the local producers with it yes. as opposed to necessarily getting some cask wine from somewhere else that... That is mass-produced and Mass-produced. Really... Although some of it, you, let's be honest, some of it does pretty well. And yep. if people want to get to learn about wines, there's worse mm-hmm. ways to do it than to pick up a number of your lumber casks and try what they taste Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So, Kate, what would you say with regards to this wine, so far so good, Sauvignon Blanc 2019, on the nose and on the palate, what would you say? It's a little bit preserved lemon on the nose. Uh, mm. It's not citrus per se. It's preserved lemon it's that sort of slightly more intense flavor and a little bit of that white flower jasmine kind of end of things thinking moroccan would be good with that yeah yeah moroccan it's all to the tagines no no not so much tagine but like a a, a really nice um chamula or something like that oh yeah a bit good. of swordfish. Just mm-hmm. swordfish with a bit of chamula and some pearl couscous and some razzle hanout through the couscous. It'd be... He's getting excited. Oh, yeah. well, He's making me hungry. Really? Mm. Yeah. But well, making myself hungry. It's kind of dinner time. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for me on the on the palate, it's quite. It seems quite sweet for a Sauvignon Blanc. It's actually technically well under dry. So dry is about six grams of residual sugar per liter. Okay. This is well under that. Uh, but flavor perception. What people think of as sweet and what is actually sugar are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So you might taste fruit sweetness in it or fruit lift, but it's not actual sweetness. Mm -hmm. It's fruit flavor. Okay. So it's basically take the sugar out, leave the fruit there. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Excellent. Cool. Well, I think for our very second episode of, um, of Who Nicked My Wine, you've been the best guest we've ever had yay me <laughs> and for, for, the, for those for those that aren't in the studio will understand it's because even though kate is our second episode she's our first interview yeah <laughs> so thank you very much for your time kate oh, Charles. thank you um, for having me we look forward to having you back as you do manage several portfolios so we do look forward to having you back on a later episode and you make your own wine as well oh, oh, owner of a wine a little bit little bit a little bit of wine that's great that's well thank fantastic. you so much for your time kate and thank you so much for your wine. And thank you very much for having me. Who Nick My Wine was brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One Associates with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlamb. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick too if he'd let us. That's Tim Allen in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Kate Giles of Islander Estate and we thank her not only for everything that she had to offer but also that beautiful drop. If you want to find us on social media you can. We're on Instagram as who nicked my wine or one word or lowercase we're also on twitter our handle is at who nicked my wine if you want to get in contact with us so you can do that via twitter or instagram or you can email us our address is who nicked my wine at gmail.com we'll uh, read everything that you post to us or you send to us and if you have any wine questions for either us or for our wine experts uh, we will answer them in an upcoming podcast 
So from all of us here at Who Nick My Wine, including my two lovely young ladies, Emily and Sophie and Tim from Podcast Central, we would urge you all to drink responsibly. And until next time, happy drinking. Mm-hmm.